Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fear the Walking Dead after show on AfterBuzz TV. This is for season two, episode two. We all fall down. Stick with us. We're going to break down the full episode for you. We'll see you guys in just a second. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I wanted that. It's such a downer of an opener of a song. Yeah. Oh, right? Yeah, it feels like there's dead things walking around and we're trying to survive and make the best of it or something. Totally not the case, maybe. Yeah. You totally know that someone's going to get this and go, oh, I love that episode so much, that's got to be our first dance song. Yeah. <laughs> Worst wedding song ever. Yeah. I think this episode was so awesome. Yeah. I just want to say right off the bat, before we talk about what this is or who we are, what you guys are watching, I thought that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's very, my favorite, very strong. My favorite one so far yeah. season one and two. Kind of a... Like heartbreaker, like your son, your stomach just kind of sinks at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked away from it very like, wow, I was like emotional. I, uh, I don't know. I there were actually several misty. points where going into ad breaks, we did literally stop watching the episodes, look at each other, and go like, did this? What? Yeah, what? The- I, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was a very WTF episode. That was, was probably. I'm trying to think what the first ep- the first episode of of The Walking Dead that felt like that was, but this is the first episode of this show so far to mm-hmm. me that has felt like that. Yeah. Where I really felt like I got punched in the stomach a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a real gut a gut, gut puncher, a gut, gut wrencher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So guys, this is AfterBuzz TV, <laughs> and this is the Fear the Walking Dead After Show. And I'm Ben Bateman, and these are my two lovely co-hosts. Look at them. Hello. Up, guys. Yeah. yeah. Look at how alive they are. They're not dead things. <clears throat> no, no. Well, not yet, anyways. Yeah. We got, what, 14 more episodes to go? Yeah. <laughs> Don't Keep your fingers yet. crossed from us. Yes, guys, First please. and foremost, we have Miss Ashley Chapman. Yes. Hey, guys. What is up? Follow me on Twitter, Ashley underscore Chapman. Tweet at me. Let me know your thoughts on this episode. And I'm also on Facebook, Ashley Chapman, with a T, not a P. We have Mr. Simon Thompson. Yeah, Hello, the one there. and only. The one and uh, only. You can find me on Twitter, um, at Showbiz Simon. Also on Instagram, at Showbiz Simon. Um, I've made a Facebook page. Oh, he's fancy. Go, oh, you're, oh fancy, you're not an huh? idiot, Simon. Well done. <laughs> uh, you can use a computer. Yeah, it's um, facebook.com forward slash uh, this is Simon Thompson. Um, and all of my stuff goes on there. But uh, mostly talking about this stuff right now. Oh, no, and I'm going to be monitoring the chat. Love it. Yes. So Please I'm chat. kind of like the secretary. And we can find a lot of your stuff on on Forbes, right? You can, yeah. Yeah. Forbes is one of my many outlets. Forbes, Forbes, IGN. He's so fancy. So, (laughs) anybody who's watching this, I'm hoping you guys have seen Die Hard, the very first Die Hard movie. Yes. And there's... Yeah. <laughs> and Alan Rickman's spot is a classic line. It's like, I could have thought them in Forbes. Yeah. So why don't you just use that as your line every time? You can yeah, read, I could do. You can read no matter Forbes. what it's You'll have read about yeah. me in Forbes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a go-to. Um, anyway, guys, so this is uh, Season 2, Episode 2. This is called All We All Fall Down. Yes. Uh, we are going to break the full episode down for you. And just before we do, we should remind everybody that we are on iTunes. If you go and you rate and review, it will allow us to continue to provide free content for everybody, which we like to do. And we yes. will continue doing if you guys help mm-hmm. us out. So just give us five stars, four stars. Uh, or anything else if you feel the need to. But uh, ratings and reviews do help. And, of course, comment below. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. All of those things. Yep. And uh, let's let's get into the episode. We're going to be doing mm. a thing at the end of the episode. We do every episode I, we implemented oh, yes. called Carol Watch. Yep. Where which of the characters in this 
universe of Fear the Walking Dead do we think is most likely to become this show's Carol, the sort of uh, undercover badass. And so we'll reveal our picks at the end of this episode for who our money's on at this moment. But uh, this one is directed by Adam Davidson. Uh, he's a big season TV director, over yeah. 60 credits on IMDb, just definitely killing it in the TV game. Uh, written by some writers that are not particularly uh, seasoned. Uh, a couple, Just only a couple credits, both of them. Worked on Graceland, Mr. Robot, a show called Cooper. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was a little surprised about that. I don't know. I would have thought that the people who were in the show maybe had a little more, I mean, maybe not cred well, is the right word. But. Yeah, but I think that's probably one of the reasons that it was actually so fresh. Because yeah. I think that, you know, this, we, we already said this sort of last week, this season is, it, tonally is very different, but tonight's episode had tonally some of what we had in the first season, but some stuff that was really, you know, as you said earlier, mm-hmm. gut-wrenching stuff, you know, yeah. it, it pulled a few punches. And I think that freshness of the writers and the fact that this isn't the kind of thing they usually write. Right. Mm-hmm. So they kind of went to town and they, not going to, you know, not going to lie, they absolutely nailed it. It was a really strong yeah, I agree. And I really like this episode because of the writing. I felt like it focused more on really portraying the characters and them dealing with this and this being still very new to them. Yeah. You know, I think that that's what kind of helps me get into this show and really separate it from The Walking Dead. It's because The Walking Dead, their experience, they've been in it for yeah. a really, really long time. Them, everything, like all of their interactions with people, mm. you know, it's still them trying to come to grips with this as being the new reality and hoping that this is not going to be the permanent reality. Right. So like even with all of the interactions and the writing, I, I really like that they're trying to, it appears that they're trying to focus more on that than, yeah. you know, uh, any other uh, type of aspect that they could, or any other direction that they could go in with this show. Well, and also with The Walking Dead, I think what they're doing is they're all they're all very much moving towards the same Solution, which whichever group you're looking at, whether it's Rick groups or anybody else's, they're always they're all heading for the same goal. Right. Mm-hmm. At the moment, we certainly saw this a lot tonight. Everybody is feeling different things in very different ways. They yeah. all have very different viewpoints, very different ways of of rationalizing things and the language that they use yeah. and coping mechanisms. And coping mechanisms, and they all justify that to themselves. But they're still kind of they're all heading in the same direction, but they're not necessarily in the same vehicles. Yeah. If I- you. Get what I mean? I think one of the major themes for tonight's episode was varying levels of maturity. That was the, that was something that mm. I kept. They, they kind of were rubbing at every every scene because you had everything from these little kids, the most innocent characters, some of probably the most innocent characters, if not the most innocent yeah. that yeah. we've seen on either of these zombie shows to date, yeah. which is pretty effective. It's been. Mm-hmm. Having actual children that have no idea what's going on, that are that young, that are so innocent and so protected, um, that is not something we've seen. So. Well, it, it was it was innocent, but then it was also a, a brilliant scene with um, uh, with the younger son um, Harry. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, when, when he was uh, showing um, other people the, uh, the the dolls that he had, yeah, the the action men, and he, he went through them and said, "Oh, these were basically my neighbors and uncle so and so, whatever." And then one of them obviously had a mark yeah. on their head. And it was the way when asked the question, "What? What's that?" Yeah, it was explained. Well, that's that's what it happens, happens now. Get sick, yeah. yeah, and it was very matter of fact, yeah. understanding that it was the end of a life. Right, but it was kind of like you may as well. Be, oh yeah, well when you have toast, you put butter on it. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. just for, for something so fresh and for someone so young. It's like. There, there you go. That's just that's just how we do it. Thanks, I'm going to be thinking about toast. Yeah, and yeah sorry. Now, right? <laughs> this is the most morbid toast I've ever had. <laughs> I think it's interesting, no, right? true. Because so you have the kids who are yeah. super. You know, they're at the they're at the, like, the lowest end. Yeah. In, in The Walking Dead, you don't really get this this varying level of understanding as much. Mm-hmm. You did get the Andersons in, in Alexandria, which was sort of its own thing. But uh, rarely do the groups you come across, for instance, 
we'll, and we'll just jump right in here. They dock because it, they, they find out that, you know, yeah. San Diego has been burned. So that's yeah. how it opens up. And, and uh, we find out that in this log, San Diego's not safe. It's a napalm. So they have to go aboard to shore. They see this light. And so they roll up and they meet the Geary's. This man, George Geary, uh, he's, t- he's far too trusting. This is not something, mm. this is not the way that it works anymore. You don't have strangers show up in this world, but this is so early on yeah. that that's not that's not apparent anymore. That would never happen in the world that we live in now. You know, years later, two years from now, in this story, this will not happen anymore. Where you can roll up to somebody's yeah. house, yell, "We're not, you know, we're not threatening. We're safe. Right. We're not sick." And they'd open the front door, and a child would run out. If they have yeah. two children to protect, no way would that ever happen. Mm-hmm. They'd be up. They'd be up with a sniper rifle, telling exactly. you to get off their property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just not even give you warning. Just shoot you dead. Just shoot. You. Yeah, yeah. Your, your boat probably wouldn't even be able to dock. Mm-hmm. To be quite honest with you. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Was if you look at it's like sort of the varying levels of understanding, and that's something that they, they can really get to showcase here as things do fall mm. apart. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they show up and they meet the Garys. Just everybody's just a little off from the yeah. get go, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. Of yeah. Course. What, yeah. Was your, what, were your, what was your guys' feeling when you met Seth? I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, he just seemed very protective and very much kind of like, who are these people? Why are they here? Mm. Like, kind of what's happening? So, I mean, I didn't take too much offense to that because these are strangers, you know, and from their perspective, they don't know what... Um, the motives are of Madison and Travis and, and everybody else who's come ashore. Right. And then, of course, you know, we didn't know at that point, but not, then knowing sort of his mindset and how mm. he was brought up, you know, it, it made more sense later. But, yeah, I mean, of course, everything seemed really shifty and shady yeah. um, coming in. And then, you know, with the um, with the mom, yeah. uh, her asking all of those really, you know, sort of in, inquiring questions and just her coming off as very, you yeah. know, I mean, not – aggressive super aggressive but you know it was, yeah. it was a little much she's um, pushing for sure very very pushy so you know i mean of course you could sense that there was going to be something there yeah. but you were still still trying to fill it out and figure out okay are they going to be you know right crazies or are they going to be allies well it was it was really interesting for me because because the moment that, that he sort of you know came came into the the room the first person first time i met him he was having a brief conversation with the mother yeah um and you instantly knew that even though this was a very close-knit family unit it was all about the family together you live together you you know everything is done as a, as a unit yeah but it's very clear that <clears throat> the way that he viewed his mother and the way that he viewed his father was very much a case of we are a unit but there are stronger people, there are survivors, yep. and there are people who are surviving right. because they're doing what they should do. Yeah. And his use of language for stuff was, was really interesting because when he was going out to, to kill the walkers yeah. um, to do that, he referred to it as chores, yeah. maintenance. Survivalist. Survivalist. You know, yeah. when he's, a, he's your dad a survivalist. No, he's a... Um, uh, he, 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 I can't remember writing. It's like a self-sustainer. Yes, or something he's like self, that. self-reliant. Self-reliant. And yeah, it was one of the word, phrases that he used. And it's almost like it's it was it's again a very matter of fact, mm-hmm. but it's sugarcoating and almost justifying giving it a functional reason. Yeah. Rather than we're doing this purely to save our own skin. It's almost like this is my role. This is my job. This is what I do. Yeah. If I'm a trash collector, I collect trash. I'm doing this. I'm doing chores. I'm yeah. doing maintenance. It's not survival. It's just what you do. Yeah. And he's slightly cold. Yeah. As a, you know, which I think whether that shows, you know, he's he's already kind of broken yeah. or whether he's trying to distance himself from yeah. what he knows obviously what what is intended for the family. Um it's it's quite interesting. But that was really interesting to watch though because under normal circumstances, you know, you wouldn't see that as 
um, unordinary, you no. know, it would just be okay. They're people who are, are self reliant. They kind of want to be on their own, and so for them to kind of be in this bubble, so to speak, I just thought that was very interesting to sort of see them coming into this world and them trying, like they weren't collapsing almost like the rest of the world has been, yeah. you know, where okay, this you know panic attack, this is life is over as we know it. They're like, no, this is just kind of how it is and we're still going to continue on as who we are we're not going to allow this to change who we are and to to tear us apart and to separate us so i mean yeah it was it was very interesting to to watch and get that perspective because you know now them being on this boat and kind of more frantic and you know this it's being an all-out people killing each other and and you know all that type of stuff so well there's something in the chat room actually this is coming from um mardova um 808 Um, From what I gathered, George was slowly exposing his family to cyanide, which would actually explain the mother, her lips were kind of a funny colour when she was having the conversation outside with Maddie. And this would tie in with that because that would be an effect of cyanide. Um, And the uh, the son, Harry, did refer to his power pills as well. Yeah. Um, You know, um, exposing the family to cyanide so that they'd all die together on the land that they'd been born on. Is that how cyanide works? You take multiple pills over a long period of time? I'm no (laughs) expert in murder. I was was under the impression, Um, but in spy movies and stuff and comic books, I thought you just... one pill and you die. Yeah. I, I, I think, it, or, or maybe it wasn't cyanide, it was something else, but you, I think you can effectively drip, drip feed because if yeah. you do it, so like, it will give symptoms. Oh, I've watched too much Law and Order. Um, it will give the symptoms of an illness, yeah. but you won't necessarily then get a tox screen yeah. if there was someone was taken to hospital to go, okay, you've suddenly got a load of cyanide in your system. Got it. it will kind of look... Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dick Right Wolf. on cue. Um, yeah. it, will, it will give that kind of effect. Yeah. Um, now, my question to you guys, why do you think he decided to make that decision to do it gradually? Maybe in the chat you can help. Instead of just doing it, you know all in one swoop. I mean, he could have just put it in their their drink or, you know, like why did why do you think he sort of allowed it to go on? Well, maybe he wasn't. I mean, the kids seemed fine. So maybe yeah. he wasn't necessarily doing it with all of them. I mean, the, yeah. the older son, the daughter and the, and the very young son. Yeah. Um, they all looked absolutely fine, but don't forget that she also the, the mother has said in the episode that she had MS. Yeah. yeah. So if she was effectively the weakest, yeah. and he saw himself as the one that was really going to save the family, he might, if this was the case, he might have just been trying to slowly dispose of her. Makes sense. You know, in in that instance. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely. It was definitely pretty frightening, and I we didn't we didn't quite hit home everything that was happening until yeah. about twenty minutes left in the episode when it got really, really, really dark. Yeah. yeah. But as they get on land and they're having those first conversations, the conversations between Travis and George, I thought were were Very pretty pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. like it's just sort of thinking about. George and the way he was talking, the way he would refer to he was so creepy. Yeah. He was mm. so engaging and interested and smart. But one of these people who when you meet them, you're just like they're you're yeah. just a little Back bit up, off. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that's all off often the case when you look at sort of cults where people yeah. you know, they, they do this kind of thing. They tend to be this kind of self justifying, very clear on their vision, but slightly sinister, but a, a calm sinister, yeah. not like a raving lunatic. But it's calculated. Yeah. So that that yeah. could be where that comes from. What did you guys think about the scene where uh, where Seth is out there with the pickaxe and he's killing the walkers with, yeah. with uh, Chris? And there was this really weird vibe they were getting. It was the music that was doing this. They were building that scene to make us think something bad was going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, up until Chris hits that final walker with the pickaxe. Um, was there any part of you guys that thought just just maybe it was something really bad was going to happen? He was going to swing and maybe his hand gets nicked by the mouth or 
I, I don't know. I, there's, there's part of me that thought maybe they're going to just give us something. I didn't think they were going to kill him so fast. But what I did think was would potentially happen is that uh, the the older son was going to put Chris in a position where potentially either to scare him yeah. or to potentially just assert some authority would put him in a position where he could have potentially been in very close proximity to a walker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just... Oh, no, go no, ahead. No, that's fine. I just kind of took it as them really trying to add more tension between Travis and yeah, Chris. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, we show they show this scene in the last episode where Chris punches Travis, which, I mean, they didn't really seem to have a resolve after that. No. Like, they just kind of left it as is. Mm. They didn't really seem to have a resolve about it in this episode either. And so all of their interactions with each other thus far have been very tense, have been very right. awkward. So, you know, I just kind of took it as, okay, this is Chris in some way still trying to be defiant a little bit, you know? Um, No, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to kill this last walker, and you're not going to tell me otherwise, you know? But I think Travis's response to that was, because he's obviously, you know, in in the first season and already in this season, Mm -hmm. he's seen a lot of shit go down. Yeah. You know, So, so seeing a zombie killed is not like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. You know, they're seeing that day in, day out. He genuinely looked disgusted and very disappointed with yeah. Chris. Yeah. Because it was so cold, it was so calculated. Yeah. And it wasn't a situation where he had to kill a walker mm-hmm. in order to protect the group. Yeah. He just... was doing it almost as therapy and yeah. getting out getting his anger. Yeah. And he could yeah. see that in his face. Yeah. And he was kind of like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recognize you. Yeah. Yeah. He says he used to mow the lawn. He used to take out the garbage. Like these are things that used to be normal. So again, it's kind of hitting home that, okay, life as we know it, it's, it's over. It's gone. Like this is my, my kid, my, my child. And now he has to grow up and this is his reality. And this is what, he has to do, you know, from normal day to day. I really love the line where they said, you know, we have nothing but time here. Right. But yeah. in this time of nothing, it's like, well, who do we become? What kind of people do we become? Generally, who do we into? Generally, the script this week was ridiculously tight. It yeah. was, there were so many, I found myself taking down several quotes. Yeah. So tight. Yeah. yeah. Really nice little nuggets of dialogue that were mm-hmm. delivered really simply right but time. really effectively mm-hmm. I mean that yeah. was a standout thing about the episode yeah. and as you mentioned earlier the music as well is mm-hmm. becoming yeah. so much more like a, a part of the show yeah. of this show yeah, this yeah absolutely yeah, they, they narrate they narrate certain scenes without any words just a character walking around yeah. it is a, it's a great use and it's nice to mm. see them differentiate that from the previous mm-hmm. show um, so referring to what we were just talking about and with Travis and his sort of assessment of Chris and this idea of the varying levels of maturity because that's the beauty of this of this group and yeah. this young age of these characters in the show not their actual but you know the age in the the crisis is that uh, you get to watch each one of them develop at sort of their own pace and at the beginning each one of them has this very distinct point of view Mm -hmm. Um, obviously the two most significant points of view are Travis and Madison Mm -hmm. because they're the sort of when the show starts they're sort of like the yin and the yang they they're so much less similar than it would have seemed at the beginning of the show as these reasonable adult characters Um, something I started thinking about tonight was and we talked about this a lot last season but Madison Madison seems to get it and Travis kind of gets it but he doesn't seem to get it quite as much um, he seems to put himself in these tougher situations as a, he's a bit weaker it seems he doesn't have the ability usually to realize that you have to be a bit cruel you have to be a bit uh, cynical mm-hmm. to navigate this world so my question is the ultimate move is going to be for one of them to lose the other. That's that's like I'm, that's what I see eventually happening. I don't think it's going to happen this season by any means, mm. but I think the ultimate change in this show is that either Travis or Madison get taken out, um, and that's going to be the breaking point that changes the other character for 
throws them into the sort of stratosphere of what they're really going to end up being as a character. Uh, Well, I think part of, a big part of that is the fact that Madison, obviously, we know that she used to work with um, teenagers and kids and that kind of thing. So I think she's seen good people can go bad. People can be assholes. Yeah. So I think she's kind of ready for that. And I think Travis is, certainly what I'm getting from his character is the fact that he would rather think that people are better people than they actually are. He would love, yeah, he would love to see the best. Yeah. And he's having to deal with a lot of Definitely not the best coming out of people. So he's really having to, to kind of redefine his own yeah. school of thought and his own ideology, really, which I think he's, he is struggling with at the moment. Well, I mean, she says, take my children. And Madison's like, I understand. I explained to Travis. And Travis says, let me talk to George. Yeah. What the hell are you going to talk to George about? You want to take yeah. his right. kids? Like, yeah, yes. sure. Why not? That's not going to go he well. He seems totally stable. Yeah. I was going to... You know, poison them with cyanide, but go ahead. Yeah, show him a good time. I think, I, know. I, think was... I think he saw that coming, though. I, I think George, you know, went the minute he walked into the house towards the end of the episode, and he knew what was going down he with his wife. He knew yeah. exactly what was going down. Probably because yeah. she had probably she had said something about it to him before or something. Yeah. One one thing I didn't understand though with um uh, with him was when obviously we saw towards the end of the episode that um the daughter had turned and, and, and bit the mother. Yeah. Um, we heard a gunshot. Yeah. But the mother then was outside of the property. Yeah, so, how did she get out so fast down the stairs, down yeah, the beach? She to was the not dock. moving particularly quickly. Yeah. And there was one gunshot. So did he kill himself? Did he kill himself? Did no, he I kill. No, I thought that the gunshot was um, Seth. Like, I thought he was firing kind of oh, this as was, to this get was, their attention. Was there a gunshot before that? Yeah, it was when, when originally yeah. the, the daughter bit the mother. And then um, George said, everybody get out, I'm going to take care of this. Yeah. Then there was one gunshot. Which you assumed was him killing her. Yeah. And, in theory, really? the daughter. Hmm. I thought I only heard one gunshot. Yeah. There was two? Yeah, so maybe he, he did have another one. I don't know. Um, he looked, it was probably him killing himself. He looked genuinely uh, broken and frightened in yeah. the scene, though, when she, when she, when the baby, when Willa turns and bites the mother, and he sits down there in the room, and he says, get out of here. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't have the look of a crazy, like, I, I'm going to kill all of us, because none of us deserve to... It, he sort of really looked like lost, like, like I don't know what to do. This was not how it was supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think there's, there's planning something, and there's doing something. Yeah. You know, when you plan something, it's, it's not... It hasn't happened. It's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. And then once you see your daughter turning you see the reality yeah. yeah you're like oh shit this, yeah yeah you know it's it. like everybody's oh if i had yeah. a gun i'd be able to protect myself all the time no yeah. but it's like realistically if if you're in a situation where you have to shoot a gun you're more likely to not shoot the gun and shit your pants yeah, yeah. you know because that the reality of the situation is very difficult yeah. di- and different to what to, to what you might happen. think it would be mm-hmm. yeah so there's that, that reality that harsh reality yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about the kids a little bit. So so Nick and Alicia. Mm. Um, small episode for Alicia. She has her best scene is the scene that she isn't speaking. Ironically, <laughs> um, but it is a great scene of hers because, as you said, the music is sort of be, is beginning to narrate scenes for us. It's yeah. beginning to it's beginning to become a character in the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what did we look up? the The band was Ohio, and the mm. song was Coxcomb Red. Uh, yeah. the, the lyric being uh, lyrics, but, uh, the world is so poetic. pale next to you yeah, yeah. Something about a viper. Your, your hair was um, coxcomb red and yeah. your, your black your, yeah your black eyes eye, yeah. yeah now she writes something on that wall there at the at the station wherever she was checking in it there. appeared to be a doodle yeah design it's just like a almost like a maze yeah, yeah. yeah. you know um, which I didn't quite understand I don't know whether it was just uh, almost like you see sort of walkers in uh, Doing things that they would do in normal life, mm-hmm. and we've seen this in other in other zombie shows and yeah. other things. They kind of go through. There's something in their brain where they do it as a system. And for me, that was a little bit of her 
if you see a form and you're going to write on it, you're going to write. But if you don't have anything to write, she just did a doodle. A doodle. Yeah. Because that's she like wanted that. to to do something because yeah. that's what she would normally do. Yeah. But she didn't actually have anything, so she just did a squiggle. Yeah. She, I, it was like kind of her reach out. It, better than a name because obviously you're, you're not signing up for any Carolina yeah. lessons. Um, but, I, yeah, I kind of took that as, you know, her just trying to find some semblance of... Apparently, a Neil Navarro in the chat room has said, it's her tattoo. Oh. oh. Yes. So that, okay. I, I wasn't aware that she had a tattoo. Correct. but yeah, that, yeah, that okay, sounds right. Cool. Um, I'm wondering what they're going to do with her character. I mean, we talked about it last week. I think at least two of us guessed her for Carol Watch last week. Um, I'm sort of, she sort of wanders. She sort of mm-hmm. floats in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she had a big episode last week because she had the stuff on the radio with Jack. Um, but I'm just sort of like, they're not painting her very as a very assertive character who can particularly take care of herself yet. She sort of, does, she doesn't seem like she's helpless, mm. but she does seem a bit clueless. Mm-hmm. She seems to just kind of float and she's yeah. observing. Whereas Nick seems to be much more willing to kind of he's he's like a problem solver he's curious he, he's an adventurer he wants to explore mm. he's jumping in the water he's playing with the kids he's the one that sees the plot coming yeah. um maybe it's an age thing but i'm sort of wondering what, what they're gonna do with their character it seems like they have the luxury right now she gets to just be kind of a minor character until they want her to be something more yeah. um whereas with with mercedes mason character with with ophelia i get a better sense of what they're trying to do with her yeah. uh, i get a stronger sense they're trying to develop her into a tougher character but also, a lot of the characters that were very prominent in last week's episode did take a lot of a backseat. I mean, yeah. Strand this week was yeah. still, you know, there, he did a lot in the episode, but yeah. compared to the week before, yeah, he was yeah. a lot more of a yeah. backseat. But then you look at Salazar, yeah. and he again, he had a, he was more forward this right. episode, but it was kind of, it was not in large amounts. So yeah. I think at the moment there is a bit of what you're saying, but I think there's an element of... Let's give and take. Over. Yeah, and because they got more episodes, episodes to play yeah. out, they can push some people to the fore and then pull them back. Yeah, it's kind of like Walking Dead, you know, where you have episodes where something really crazy happens with one character, mm. and then we won't see them again for another three episodes. So I think it's just kind of giving everyone their play and, yeah. and allowing the story to move forward with not with everyone not having to fight for the attention and the spotlight, but. You know, I agree. I, but I really did like how they at least try to showcase each character just sort of dealing with yeah. kind of being on shore and then yep. them being with this family and, like, other people. And it, it's somewhat kind of feeling normal, but not really. And them just all trying to adjust in this really awkward situation. Well, it's definitely so. one of those things where you watch – having watched so many episodes of the previous show and then yeah. the six episodes of this one – with shows like this, because co- you're kind of constantly on the run in the world of in the world of walkers, like yeah. you're you're never, it's never, the narrative of the show is never going to suggest that your characters can find a safe place and just exist. Yeah, this is the show would stop being interesting. So every scene, especially when you meet new characters like the Gearys, you're watching and you're just like, okay, you're developing, you're developing, you're having this conversation. You used to be a teacher, right? Like you, this stuff's happening. You're a survivalist. I get it. So one of two things is going to happen. Either these characters are supposed to last, they're going to be in the show longer and they're going to serve a purpose, or they're going to be, you know, a ship in a bottle character where they only exist this one episode. Some function of what's happening here is supposed to show us something about our main characters. Yeah. And ultimately there will be a disaster that ends this because yeah. they, otherwise they would continue to be in the show. Because, for instance, if this episode had gone, nothing weird had happened. They had just gotten back on the ship and left. This would have been a tremendously boring episode. Because <laughs> mm. the first half of the episode you're watching, you're like, I mean, this is interesting, but these conversations are 
they're not doing that much for me. It's mm-hmm. not like mm. without that final twenty, this episode doesn't really hit. It's yeah. just it's just kind of like that slow melodrama mm-hmm. character building stuff, you know. And it hit in a really interesting way because you know uh, when the son Seth, you know, he takes. Um, the other son Harry off the boat and he says you know you guys ruined everything or Mm. you know something to that you caused this something to that effect so for me it kind of hit that you know are they going to be the group where they're going to be kind of going from group to group kind of similar to the walking dead in a lot of cases where they had good intentions and they really did want to help the people that they encounter but then they kind of ended up making it a little bit more disastrous than when they came yeah. you know because i mean even though the dad george had planned to kind of kill the yeah. whole family i mean now it's left with just you know seth who he's not completely helpless but at the same time you know he's still a kid himself and then you have the young son um Harry, yeah. who's there, and you know, now the mom is gone. I mean, all three of them are now gone. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they kind of really didn't make matters better, you know, in yeah. a sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think certainly it was an element of the fact that when they when they arrived on land, obviously, you know, he had this plan for his family and what they were going to do and what they were doing with their daily lives to to exist and make sure that the other people on the island didn't know that they were there. And then it kind of accelerated it mm-hmm. because. It changed. The dynamic changed. It what well, they weren't just themselves anymore. Right. Yeah. So it was kind of like ah, this plan that's been a fundamental plan that we've been slowly working towards has to be actioned in some way now. True. Yeah, absolutely. And so so we move away from that, and we've now seen yeah. we've now seen essentially what's happened there. So so Nick is kind of problem solving. He's playing with the kids. He's having these sweet moments. Um, he figures out that there's a nefarious plot going on. While on the boat, still you have Salazar and Ophelia watching Strand. Mm-hmm. And Strand is definitely up to no good, or yeah. he's up to something, something that he's not being totally on the up and up. Salazar is having a great scene with him. Yeah. He knows he's, he's full it. of it. Mm-hmm. Well, t- today they had a couple of great scenes yeah. because it was a bit at the beginning, just just after they got to the land, and yeah. Strand was saying, "Oh, I'll I'll stay on the boat," and uh, Salazar was like, "Oh, oh no, no, we'll I'll stay. stay, I'll stay." Yeah. He's like, no, "I'll be we fine." And he's like, "No, mate, mm-hmm. I'm staying." Yeah, yeah. And oh, it was, yeah. and then it was, it was, it was really nice. And then there was the picking up on how Strand referred to the boat. The boat. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, blah, 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 a $10 million boat. And he was like, a $10 million? Or do you mean my? Yeah. And he was like, no, uh, my. And it was it was interesting. There's this... I think they're still trying to suss each other out. I, obviously, Salazar yeah. doesn't trust Strand yeah, at all. And I think there is clearly something going on. Right. Um, and he obviously has a deadline of sundown. To, to make something happen, happen, whatever it is. And he has this hidden machine gun. He has this hidden maps. machine gun, maps, something to, to do with Mexico, yeah. which will tie in with the Spanish that we heard him speaking last week. So I think there's this... I think they'll eventually become actually quite good friends and quite important allies. Those two, yeah. Once they stop sort of dicking about, really, yeah. and kind of trying to do, oh, I'm doing my own thing, oh, I don't need yeah. your... I think they'll realise that they actually do need each other, yeah. and they're much stronger as a, unit. T- as a unit together rather than rubbing up against each other. They become a great pair, absolutely, and then yeah. they serve that purpose. With It's like sort of, you think about the construction of a team in this type of a show, mm. and, and not even just in the zombie universe, but it's sort of in a survival universe. You need a certain number of each type of character. Yeah. So you need sort of the muscle, the people who are willing and understand how to fight or how to be cunning, how to cut corners right to protect themselves mm. you need you definitely do need to some degree like i don't want to call them a pacifist but slightly more gentle characters you need some cunning characters yeah, right yeah. voice of reason yeah which is why i think it's and i'll bring it up again why i don't think chris will last honestly he just doesn't he serves he, he still feels like he serves well, 
No purpose. In the chat room, a, a lot of people are in the chat. Um, a lot of people are getting quite pissed off with Chris. Yeah, he's beginning to to annoy some of the audience. I mean, he's um, written that way, obviously. Yeah, he's, he's, he's being written as an angsty teenager. Yeah. but yeah. Um, they in the way that Alicia doesn't feel yet like she is serving a particular purpose. Mm. He Very feels the way. same way, yeah. but they're setting him up to be much like uh, less sensible, more reckless, put himself in danger, much more likely to. Um, I don't know, but that's only yeah. two episodes then, so. Yeah. Which, I mean, could be a good setup for Travis's character, or Travis, rather, um, because, you know, he kind of needs something to help him progress a little bit more as a character, even if it's going more in the direction of how Madison views, yeah. how to deal with things. You know, if something were to happen to Chris, like, that would be a really good push in that direction. I think that'll be the early one, but I really do firmly believe what I said earlier, that I think it, I, it won't be this season. Uh, maybe maybe next season, I don't know, but either Madison or Travis will get taken out. And that'll be a gigantic, gigantic turning point. In the yeah. same way that Laurie was a huge turning point in The, in the Walking Dead, yeah. um, that, that like, without saying anything else, uh, in the same way that that was a huge turning point, I think this will be a huge turning well, point. Well, we know that something is... is from from the the throw ahead to next week's episode, we know that that someone is kind of screwed, yeah. Because yeah. It, it was it, what was the last thing? It was um, he's dying. He's dying. Like that, yeah. So someone, a male character, whether it's someone new or whether it's someone that's already you know in it, yeah. You know, is is gonna possibly meet their end. Yeah. Um, would that? I mean, I don't. We, we found out this week, obviously, that's been renewed for the third season, which yep. is great news, by the way. Congratulations to everybody involved. Um, do you think they would this early on in this season kill somebody off? Be like a Game of Thrones style? Yeah, like a, a Travis. Uh, it would be really it would tough. Be I don't think it'd be the best move. No. Because I feel like in some ways we're still just trying to get a handle on the characters too. Mm, you know, we, yeah. had, we only had six episodes for the first season and, and those episodes... There, they had you know a lot of moments where there was dialogue and we kind of got to know about people, but I felt like we focused a lot on Travis, Madison, yeah. and Nick. Kind of, we didn't really get to dive too much into the other characters and yeah. get their backstory as much. So I feel like, you know, we kind of still need some time with them. I mean, that's just my opinion. Obviously, the writers are going to do whatever they're going to do. Um, but I don't know. I, I just feel like because this is a very different story where the characters are so much a part of. Uh, or just the, the 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 main characters like Travis and Madison, or just all the characters in general. Like this is a very character oriented show. show. Right. So you know you kind of have to be very careful when mm. that's kind of your your strongest play. You know, in your deck of cards. Yeah, I, when I say that, I don't I don't believe that in episode sixteen you're going to see Travis get taken out. It would be yeah. like a season three finale thing. It would be like mm. next season at the end of the season. Are you calling now, Travis? Is, is... <laughs> I, I was just trying to figure out which would make more sense mm-hmm. at this point. I'll have to see how they develop the two characters through the end of the season to really have a stronger sense of it. Yeah. Um, it's it's really about they have two options if they continue moving these two characters in this in the direction that they've been taking them mm. and, and they've been doing it since season one very consistently it's Travis continues to be kind of a uh, as you said he wants to believe the best in people he's a little bit naive he's getting stronger yeah. he's not a weak character it's just that his willingness to believe the best in people yeah. seems to put him in a little bit more of a compromised situation That's fair. Madison <laughs> she seems to be a little stronger. Um, it's not like she doesn't see the, the value in what Travis thinks. She does yeah. want to help people, but her willingness, I think, to kind of get her hands dirty, her willingness to be a little more evil uh, Inserted, to survive, yeah. it seems like... And, and so they're both flawed in their own way, mm. um, but the, the question is, if they just keep moving them in these two directions in the same way, they keep hitting the same notes, it would make mo- the most sense for Travis's death 
to push Madison into a full-on leadership role yeah. than the other way around to me. That would be the thing. But it, it would, I'm talking end of season three. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I should, we should talk about Ophelia and Salazar a little bit because they had a great scene. Mm. Um, and she has a great quote. Yeah. Um, she, this world, and he said, I wish this was in the world I, I wished you to grow up in. She says, no, no, this world's good. It's teaching me a lot. Um, and she says, it's cruel. Yeah. Um, it helps me understand you, yeah. mm-hmm. which I guess is suggesting you're cruel. Yeah. That's that's what she's saying. Yeah, oh, of course. Um, and but that's interesting, right? Because she says, "Can we dock?" And says, "We have to, or can we stay here? We have to be invited in." Really, she's surprised. Yeah, well, he's he's very much, and I, I this is something that, that hit me watching the episode as well. He's very much about, and I don't know whether this is just trying to maintain some level of of normality or just respect for other human beings, but he's quite proper in the way that he does things you know he, old school sorry. yeah he's old school he's calculated everything he does is is reasoned um i think he's very much like if everything else is is, is going to hell as long as you're polite and you don't take liberties and you don't just barge in if i treat you with respect there is more chance of you treating me with respect which means that everybody will win rather than some other characters there who were just like screw you yeah. i'm going to get what i need from you and and that's kind of what the way it's going to go down and i think they're 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 trying to play his whole his whole like family vibe because he was yeah. very family from from day 1 when you first meet mm-hmm. him and that's kind of what they're trying to suggest is that if you treat everybody with respect then it's like family values and all that well they're i think it's why he's going back to the, the relationship between between him and, and strand i think it's why he and strand are actually going to be a good, really good team together is because you've got Strand who's got doesn't give a damn yeah. and has balls the size of Mexico. Right. You know, he will just do whatever needs to be done and he's not going to bat an eyelid. Right. But not to say that Salazar wouldn't, but he would do it in a far more planned, calculated, methodical manner. So they yeah. both have strength in very different ways. Right. But they just they just execute it in two totally polar ways. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, I I thought, I, I think it's clear to me what they're doing with Ophelia. That like mm. I get, I feel like I get that. It doesn't. It's not like it's poorly written. It's just pretty obvious. Mm. They yeah. don't, she hasn't gotten a tremendous amount of screen time yet. Mm. Um, what do you guys think about Nick? What are they doing with Nick's character? What where where are they taking him? What's the what's the what's his arc gonna be? I'm kind of confused. Yeah, I'm just glad he finally changed his shirt. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, dear God, that is. Now that we're is working true. on that jacket. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean. He almost, in a weird way, kind of seems like the whimsical, you know, lighthearted piece of the show, you know? Yeah. He, he still is kind of like a kid, you know, like when he was was, was with the kids. Mm. Like, kind of almost like, you know, okay, I know it's the apocalypse and it's the end of the world, but... Yeah. But still, I don't know. It just hasn't really hit him, I think, as much as it's hit Alicia yeah. and it's hit Nick. And I kind of almost, I mean, uh, hit Chris. And I kind of almost like that aspect of it. And he has, like, a sense of humor about it yeah, still. Yeah, st- very sense of humor, still very kind of lighthearted and, and almost starting to be likable. I did not, I'll be honest, I did not like him in the first season. Mm. Um, yeah. But now I feel like, you know, in a lot of ways... And I, you know, you don't always know his motives behind it because when when he was in the house searching through the pill cabinets yeah. and stuff like that, I thought, okay, he's back on his drug addiction, mm. you know. Right. But it's, you know, he he seems like he's just more willing to kind of help and not be yeah. a screw up. And you know, he says that line to to Travis, like, you know, I can I can help out, you yeah. know, type of things. So I think he's he's now trying to prove himself more. So maybe they are trying to, you know, kind of shift the whole storyline with with Nick in terms of him being a little bit more um, 
mature and maybe just being a little bit more helpful than I think the other kids have been in this season. And I think also it's quite interesting because obviously at the moment we're seeing everybody else's worlds turned upside down. Yeah, Everything that they knew is now very different and they're all kind of like just trying to hold it together and make it work. He has previously been living in a world where, because of his um, substance addictions, yeah. his whole uh, you know take on reality has been altered. Yeah. So for the first time, he's actually got clarity. So he's kind of had his craziness, and he's been able to handle that. So when he's got this clarity and this sobriety, handling what is actually going down and being a bit crazy, yeah. he's actually the only one who's kind of gone through it own. to the yeah. other side. He's prepared, yeah. yeah, he's been there. It's a cool, yeah, it's a, from, from a writing standpoint, it's a cool place to start your show. Yeah. To have him as the first guy you see, show opens with him, uh, and then to realize that because of what he's been through, and he's, he's lived in these burnt out houses, mm. and, yeah. and he's been a drug addict, like, that this world is, in some ways, he's such a survivor already. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. th- when you live that way, you're such a survivor that uh, he does he does become a strong character without actually having to exhibit strength, mm-hmm. which is which is cool. You know, he doesn't have to kill people or anything like that to, mm-hmm. to feel like he's a bit in control. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, what, what, what did we miss? I guess just the final scene, which yeah. we, we've already sort of talked about a little bit. But uh, definitely, definitely a heartbreaker as they're on the boat pulling away. And, you know, this little kid, Harry's got his back turned. Well, it just yeah. made me feel that I thought it was really nice by the fact that you hear a shot and obviously we find out that he's taken down his mother. So you've just got the two boys. We don't know what's happened to the father, yeah. whether he shot himself or whether he's still in the house. We also earlier in the episode were informed that there were um, weekenders who were in this resort, this harbour that's further along the island. Um, I would have liked to have seen something going on there, but I think... Because we've obviously got the two sons alive, potentially, possibly, the father still alive. Yeah. And we've obviously got some other stuff going on on that island. I don't think we've seen the last of those characters. They may come back, yeah. I think, yeah, there's a strong chance that they could reoccur. Maybe not this season, but perhaps later on in a kind of a Walking Dead kind of way. Yeah, I mean, it just depends. That's that's, that's always the, 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 you know, you're always able to bring people back. Mm. That's always, that's that's strong. Um, But yeah, I mean, for me, it's one of those things, obviously, small children losing their parents is is always going to be a tearjerker, just in the way that, you know, cruelty to animals is a tearjerker. It's it's hard to avoid that sort of thing. Uh, And it absolutely was just the the kid saying goodbye to his mom. Mm -hmm. Even actually more tragic to me than the final scene may have just been the scene when, you know, she's she's explaining to them before George walks yeah. back mm. in, and she's explaining to them what is, the kids' preferences are in the real world. Yeah, you know, they're his and hair, and, and you know, and yeah. you're just like, oh god, this is so sad. This yeah. is, just makes me want to cry listening to this. Um, anyway, should we get into predictions? <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this will be complete with Carol Watch, uh, hashtag Carol Watch, whoever we think is the most likely to become the Rambo of the show, the mm-hmm. undercover Rambo, so to speak, yes. uh, as well as other predictions. And this will be with spoilers, guys. So uh, if you every week, I think we'll do our predictions with spoilers. So if you don't want to know anything yeah. we know or what have you, just, yeah, it's probably not the best. Ring the alarm. To to. <laughs> um, Who wants to go first? Uh, I mean, I, I sort of have been ranting this whole episode with my long-term prediction. Okay. Uh, my long-term prediction is that it's going to be Travis that bites it sometime in, I think, season three. Um, and I do believe that Chris will be the character to die this season. Um, those are those are like my two death predictions. Uh, I still have my money on Alicia as Carol Watch, but this week I started to, for whatever reason, shift more towards Ophelia. I started to get the feeling more from her that she is the one that they're going to slowly but surely build into that character. She's so quiet and calculated, and mm. she seems to be getting it 
in a way that I think it might actually be her. I'm still calling Alicia, but by next week I may have shifted to Ophelia. Yeah. I think I'm going to still stick with um, Nick. You think Nick's, Nick's yeah. going to be the character? I think I said that last week. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm sticking with it. Fair. Um, there's just so many, uh, many places for his character to go. Yeah. And even though I think he does, in a lot of ways, possesses a strength that is without, you know, like physical strength, mm. I think that he's still very unstable to where he can easily slip yeah. back into um, the addicted Nick who was kind of a screw up and mm. just sort of made things worse. So there's a lot of potential for him to sort of relapse and, and just have those moments where he kind of makes things worse. And then that kind of really opens his eyes and forces him to see like, okay, I really need to get my, my yeah. SH together. As far as predictions, I think we haven't seen the last of the boat that was following them. Yeah. I think that that'll resurface hopefully within the next episode or two. Um, I'm really interested to learn what's in Mexico and yeah. uh, where Strand is trying to have them go by sundown. Um, I think they'll be an interesting uh, showdown, so to speak, between um, Salazar and Strand, and mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see yeah. how that how that goes down. And then overall, um, I don't know. I'm feeling like Ophelia might might kick the bucket this this you, season. You think Ophelia's I'm, not going to make it. Huh? I don't think. Ah, I don't know why I'm feeling that way. I guess because I feel like what they're doing with Strand and Daniel, it. It's very interesting, and I feel like for them to really become a strong pair, they're kind of almost can't be. Salazar has to lose everyone. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of can't really be an affiliate. Sucks to there. be Salazar. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. And their relationship is so tense as it is. It as it is, it parallels really well, I think, to Chris and um, to Travis's relationship with each other. So you know, if if one of them has to go, then I think that affiliate might be. Looks like we have a Carol watch. We have uh, Megan Baxter. Travis and Chris will die. Also, possibly Ophelia. Alicia with the next will be the next Carol. Hashtag Carol watch. See, I think Ophelia. I think again is is going to be one that dies um, this season. And you're sure of it? Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm I'm (laughs) kind of. Yeah, Um, and I think for my Carol watch, last week I said Strand. Yeah. This week, I'm going to say Salazar. Hmm. And here's why. Because today, one of the scenes uh, towards the, the end of the show, where the older son came on, threatened everybody with a gun, Salazar was there behind the doorway. With the gun. With a gun. Could have done it. Could have done it. Could have taken him out. Didn't. Had the shot. Yeah. And for someone, he he tends to be a person who has alternatives to that. Right. And for him to get a gun out and point it at somebody... I think he's going to... We're going to see something come out of him very soon. Ruben Blades. That I think we're really going to... We're really going to see something that's going to surprise us. Perhaps not in a good way. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely... Perhaps not in a good way. I mean, as Ophelia said, he's cruel. I mean, yeah. that, so so there's definitely some mm. interesting stuff there. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair that's a fair prediction. I'm still sticking with, with, with Alicia, but I may be on Ophelia next week uh, as far as my Carol Watch goes. The one thing I, I want to just get everybody's just quick elevator pitch uh, 10 mm. seconds is what's in Mexico? What's going on? Why are we going to Mexico? I think, I'm, I don't know why military is popping in my head. Okay, military? I, I'm thinking military. I feel mm. like he's associated with something to do with the government. Something. Otherwise. I, I feel like he has too much information. I don't know. It just, it seemed, I, I feel military. I think something is on that boat. Um, there's something hidden somewhere on that boat yep. that 
it, I was going to say drugs originally, but maybe it's drugs and something, uh, something else that's important, and that's what they have to get there to deliver. Because whatever it is, it's important enough for Strand in this world, mm. when there's no real recourse yeah. that somebody's going to come after him, that he has to get that to somewhere to get something from someone. So something that they can get from wherever they're taking this is important to survival. You see, I think is a bit of both in there. I don't think it's necessarily um, military, and I don't think it's necessarily drugs. I think it might be something like Freedom Fighters. I think he might be part of a larger group. And I think that's another group that he's meeting up with as in strength in numbers, which is why I think he's being very careful about the number of people that they let on the boat. Interesting. Because I think he knows how many people he has to account for. And Mm. I think that might be why. And also, Comic Con's going to be gutted because San Diego is destroyed. Yeah. So where are are they going to hold Comic Con? For all the fans of Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, my goodness. Sucks. Catalina. Sucks. I hear that's a pretty nice this time of yes, zombie area. Yes, have a lovely wine event there as well. <laughs> Thanks, Deborah. I cannot so. wait for Comic-Con. But yeah. anyway, guys, that's going to do it for the episode today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your predictions once again. If you want to share your prediction on who the under, under, undercover Rambo is, it is hashtag Carol Watch. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Let me know your thoughts. Lovely friends, where can they find you? Yes, find me on Twitter, Ashley underscore Chapman, and Facebook. You can like my fan page, Ashley Chapman. Thanks for watching, guys. I'll see you next week. And you can find me on Twitter, at Showbiz Simon, and Instagram, at Showbiz Simon, and on Facebook, at facebook.com forward slash this is Simon Thompson, um, but never on the backseat of your car, because that's just threatening. <laughs> never, ever. Bye, no, well, maybe once. <laughs> see you guys next week. All right, bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 